Hello and welcome to another episode of the Brick House Podcast. I'm your host, Bob Johnson. And I'm Matt Baker. Bob, I don't want to put the pressure on this week's episode, but I was back in Phoenix last week visiting the family and my dad looked at me at one point and said, you know, I really like what you and Bob are doing. Oh, man. So I don't want to... Uh, that is a lot of pressure. Yeah, I don't want to make you any more nervous than you already are for these things. This is, this is the conference finals, Matt. I don't yeah. need this kind of additional <laughs> pressure, man. The Knicks got a new head coach, someone you might know. Well enough for someone you've never met in your, own, in your life. It's pretty impressive that Phil Jackson hired him, I think, because you know he didn't really know him as well as uh, all of his triangle disciples. Although he does know him from the Bulls era. Yeah, that you you pointed that out to me that he knows Hornacek from beating him in the finals twice. Right, and you know upon reviewing all the coaches that he uh, looked at, considered hiring, and didn't consider hiring. It's hard not to notice that the most qualified coach on the market this summer was Tom Thibodeau, and that Tom Thibodeau beat Phil Jackson in the 2008 finals when he was the lead assistant of the Boston Celtics. Right. You know, you once posited a theory that Michael Jordan doesn't draft Duke players because he just fucking hates them. Of course, where, where would MJ learn this from but the Zen master himself, That's true. Phil? I yeah. think, you know, he's got this, like, Yoda-like control over Hornacek because of those back-to-back -back Bulls over Jazz championships. One thing I get upset with is uh, when I see teams I root for sign mediocre players who have done well against them to big contracts. Oh, the Doc Rivers special. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe this is, Phil has the opposite of if they beat you, don't ever touch them. And if you beat them, you can control them a lot easier. Uh, the Orlando Magic also agreed to a deal with a new head coach. Last week, we were predicting a Scott Skiles-Dwight Howard potato sack fight. And the very next day was announced that Scott Skiles unilaterally, without the help of anybody else, according to him, this is just his decision. I right. know there's going to be a lot of speculation he really had quite a long preamble about how it was nobody's decision but his own. Yeah, no one's ever no one's ever quit a job that long and rambly before. Well, yeah. Sam Hinkey. <laughs> Sam Hinkey. I, it was, I forget. I forget. It was that. twelve pages shy of thirteen. <laughs> yeah. But I found it rather strange. Um, what most people don't normally do is walk away from guaranteed $4 million, which is allegedly right. what Scott Skiles did after one year with the Orlando Magic, where he said that he just felt like he wasn't really qualified for the position. Not so much qualified. I think he's perfectly qualified. I think he just doesn't want to put up with the young kids. Yeah, not a good fit. Yeah. I think we compared him to Emilio Estevez from Mighty Ducks in mm -hmm. our Brickhouse preview. That's right. He hates hockey and he doesn't like kids. <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns somehow got the Rookie of the Year like five weeks after the NBA MVP was announced. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand the uh, the rollout of the Rookie of the Year. I, yeah. I still don't think we know who the All-NBA players are either. Yeah, that was really weird. I I had completely forgotten about those awards, and then I looked up and saw the scroller had the all-rookie team. Just for some reason assumed that we had already done that. Right. Yeah. 10-year-old uh, Devin Booker made the all-rookie oh, team. Man. Best thing best thing to happen to the Suns in six years. 
You know, I, I saw on, uh, on Reddit that Towns not only got the rookie of the year, but he just got one more double-double. The NBA credited him with an extra rebound from a Portland game on April 9th. Oh, wow. Just the other day, bringing his total of double-doubles in the season to 52, which was third in the NBA this past did, season. Did someone protest that, or how did they, how did they almost two months out... No idea. Yeah. No idea. That makes me think that the NBA has employees that are just in the basement somewhere watching film, you know, that they're six weeks behind, you yeah. know, trying to catch up. Someone, Someone's really going <laughs> to complain if we don't get all these stats correct. Yeah. I wonder they're, if that swung... They're critiquing the referees. That would be even better <laughs> if that swung some fantasy leagues. <laughs> so, like, one guy who was supposed to make the playoffs didn't, and one guy who did yeah. wasn't, you know? <laughs> It would be funny if uh, if the NBA released the referee uh, missed call report and it was just thirteen pages of traveling calls. Yeah, you know, just like four <laughs> seconds into the game, should have been traveling. Five seconds into the that's game, that's what that's travel. what they're doing. They're always they're going back and saying these things were bad calls, and they're like, just leave it alone. Just leave it. Steve Kerr agreed. He's just like you know the refs are you're really kind of throwing them under the bus. Yeah, there, aren't you? Right, and it doesn't help me. Yeah. Dikembe Mutombo may have confirmed a suspicion that you and I and other NBA conspiracy theorists have oh, had for decades. Yeah. Right? He tweeted a congratulations to the Philadelphia 76ers for winning the NBA draft lottery about three hours before the NBA draft lottery. Right. Apparently what he said happened was he got an email from a, a member of the Philadelphia organization saying like hey Dikembe if we win the draft lottery will you please tweet out a congratulations and Dikembe and they even put you know some sample tweets of uh -huh. what he might tweet as congratulations right he just went ahead copy and pasted one of the tweets put it into his twitter tweeted it before immediately realizing his mistake that he had revealed just, the just ultimate right conspiracy yeah. yeah they there were some people thinking he might have wanted to save it as a draft in his tweets. But also, do you know? think Dikembe Mutombo knows how to save tweets and post them for later? I certainly don't. No. <laughs> but yeah, for the first time in NBA history, the draft order actually went the way it was supposed to it was, um, mathematically. Uh, on one hand, as a Suns fan, I was slightly relieved that they didn't move back. But also, it was a pretty anticlimactic lottery. No drama. No drama. I, I want a lot of drama from my NBA draft lottery, Bob, <laughs> is what I'm saying. As a Suns, uh, you know, proximity fan being your friend, I'm really worried that they're in that perfect spot to draft a Kentucky guard. Oh, yeah. Jamal Murray's coming. <laughs> He's coming to Phoenix. <laughs> So Mark Cuban is the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, mm -hmm. and the NBA media, I guess it's a slow time during the conference finals, but have drummed up some questions for Mark. He let slip that uh, some conservatives approached him and asked him to run as a third-party candidate against Donald Trump. Sure. If you want to beat one reality TV show star, you just fire up <laughs> another reality TV show star. Cuban says that he doesn't really have the time to run as the third-party candidate. Follow-up question, would he consider being vice president for Hillary Clinton? 
That he said he might have the time for. Wow. He would absolutely consider it. Uh-huh. Uh, of course, she would have to do some things his way. Of, you know, she would have to be a little more flexible. Yeah. <laughs> then just today I saw that he would also consider being Donald Trump's vice president. Yeah, he would absolutely consider it. He's, he's doing a lot of considering. Yeah. What I felt was a little backdoor jab, though, was that he doesn't have time to be president. But he has time to be vice president. Mm -hmm. I think Joe Biden is crying somewhere. Is he? With a non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, here's a quote from uh, from Donald or from uh, Mark Cuban a couple of days ago at a Las Vegas business conference. This is before he said that he would consider being Donald Trump's running mate. Yeah. There's that guy who will walk into a bar and say anything to get laid. That's Donald Trump right now to a T. But it's all of us who are going to get fucked. <laughs> there, that, that puts it pretty well i would say <laughs> he he went on yeah okay i'm sure he did. we go way back it's a love-hate relationship everyone's got that friend that you just shake your head at he's that guy who'd get drunk and fall over all the time or just says dumb shit all the time but he's your friend continued <laughs> i would get a vice presidential candidate who's someone like me who just throws bombs at donald and then i would be like donald i like you we're friends but you're a goddamn airhead Wait, so he put forth himself to be running mate? He's he's suggested that that Hillary get someone like him or Bernie Sanders get someone like him cuz you don't want to dirty Hillary's mouth by lobbing bombs at Donald Trump, but that's why you have your oh, idiot yeah, billionaire yeah. vice president to do that. Right. Matt, a good friend of mine uh, went to a writing college with sent me a short story called Time Travel in Brazil yesterday. Mm -hmm. It was a fascinating read. Reminded me of uh, Kurt Vonnegut. Maybe we'll put it on the, uh, the Brickhouse website when it's finished. Also, the same day, maybe by coincidence, I saw posted on NBA Reddit a ESPN article from the year 1999. December yeah. 20th, 1999, Matt. Do you remember the year 1999? Yeah, vaguely. Okay. Yeah, we were all, we were all worried about Y2K. Y2K, yeah. that was a big concern. Yeah. yeah. But uh, 16 years later, our, uh, the, <laughs> the computers going back to zero have, uh, have spared our lives. Mm -hmm. uh, but on this ESPN article, it was 21 NBA predictions for the 21st century. I'm going to say these out here. You tell me whether or not uh, you feel like they came true. I'm very excited. It reminds you of what the internet looked like 16 years oh, ago. Oh yeah, ESPN has made quite a few improvements to their to their website. Okay, these are just the NBA predictions. Number one, no more NBA draft. Dikembe is working on that one. I guess. Yeah. Why, what was the reason? Why did they say no NBA draft? There is no reason, Matt. This is just a list of of predictions. The future doesn't give reasons. <laughs> That should be the the <laughs> banner of the Brickhouse website. That should be the first thing you see. Number two, the first ninth grader to jump to the NBA. No. Number three, instant replay. Sure, yeah. Did they not have instant replay I before 1999? That seems real weird, but I guess maybe they didn't. I feel like I saw Michael Jordan push off Brian Russell. Oh, maybe they mean in-game replay. I feel like I saw Michael Jordan push off Byron Russell, at least. I think I said Byron and Brian. I'm still not sure what it is. MJ wasn't. Byron? <laughs> That'll cover both bases. Yeah. 
Uh, number four, players pay the money to have arenas named after them. And then he gives some examples. Shack Center, Iverson Arena, Pierce Garden. Nope. I think, f- I think Kevin Garnett might be working on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, you know, the 21st century isn't over yet. Oh, that's true. We have, yeah. 84 years oh, yeah, for yeah, yeah, yeah. some of these to come true That's yet. true. That's true. Number five, four on four in overtime. Mm. I think hockey, hockey took, did, took hockey that did on. That, yeah. Yeah. Or is it three on three? Yeah. I'd watch that. Number six, an NBA franchise in Las Vegas. You know, I think the NBA might have had the All-Star game in Las Vegas since 1999. Right, they did, yeah. And I remember reading, it was one of the greatest Bill Simmons articles ever. It was fear and loathing at the NBA All-Star game. Yeah. He talks about how white people were taking cabs down the strip like three blocks because the strip was just filled with so much weed smoke and... uh you know, scary-looking black people yeah. that they were afraid to walk down the street. Two two thousand seven. That's when they did that. A great read, recommended to all Brickhouse listeners. Number seven prediction for the twenty-first century: franchises in Mexico, Japan, Johannesburg, and Italy. And Japan, they they suggest that the name of the team will be the Tokyo Pokemon. No predictions for the other cities. <laughs> Johannesburg, that. Oh wow! I'm just trying to think of the travel and how that would work. That's you'd have to as soon as they do invent teleportation. We can teleportation, right? Yeah, yeah, that's later on in the list. Yeah, uh, number eight. <laughs> it's kind of a punchline to number seven. I see here. Number eight is, but no franchise in Vancouver. Oh, poor kids. Number nine: the phasing out of point guards for more talented, athletic passing big men. Has this happened, Matt? The talented passing big men, yes. The phasing out of point guards, no. I'll I'll concur. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number ten, Isaiah Thomas's CBA becomes a true minor league. Pass. <laughs> yeah. Number eleven, Doc Rivers becomes one of the most prolific coaches of all time. That's you're making that up. <laughs> it's number eleven. Is that really? <laughs> Wait, really? Why? What? It doesn't give reasons. I mean, they're sort of right, but not. The future doesn't. Not, you know, the future, what is the quote? Future. The future gives no reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Doug Rivers might have just been starting out in Orlando at that time. Yeah. And they were considering, or they were really trying to get Tim Duncan to join up with uh, Grant Hill and Tracy McGrady. Right. I mean, that, that, that could make big, you look like a smart coach. That was the big super team. Oh, number 12 is a little sad for Lakers fans. The Kobe, Shaq, Phil Jackson dynasty wins five NBA titles. Oh. 99. 13. But not before Shaq breaks a rim shooting a free throw. (laughs) (laughs) 14. With all contracts fixed, there are no agents. Dan Fagan killed the author (laughs) of this list, actually. Yeah. He has something to say about that. Uh, 15. Michael Jordan becomes coach of the Charlotte Hornets. Oh, wow. They weren't even the Bob Johnsons back then. That's very weird. 16, Charles Barkley becomes a TNT announcer. Is that real? This guy is a soothsayer. You know, one out of 21 times. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Carl Malone and John Stockton enter the Hall of Fame together. No. I think Stockton got... Brought in the same day as Michael Jordan, yeah. isn't that right? Yeah, because in his <laughs> in his Hall of Fame speech, he said he made a joke about how he was 
glad everyone showed up just to see him <laughs> or something. It was, it was pretty good. Oh, number 18, Michael Jordan enters the Hall of Fame alone. We already discussed that one. I mean, in his own mind, he did. <laughs> so there's some... Yeah, that should have been part of the speech. It's just like, and John Stockton thinks he could come in on my day. <laughs> yeah. Vince Carter is compared to Jordan his entire career and wins an NBA title. Okay. Number 20, Tim Duncan and Kevin Garnett each win three league MVP awards. Number 21, I think, is pretty pretty funny. Every team starts using the triangle offense. Oh. That would be the uh, – I wish we had the big Letterman top ten send-off because, you know, at the very end <laughs> they, play the, they, they play the music, so it's like the big, the big finale. I wish we had that. I'll see what Brendan can do. Matt, let's talk some NBA playoffs. It is the conference finals after all. You know, I saw the list of the highest payrolls in the NBA, and it was kind of telling with who's left in the playoffs here. Brooklyn. <laughs> Brooklyn is like number six, I believe. Oh, wow. Uh, the Cavs, Thunder, and Warriors are the number one, three, and fourth largest payrolls okay. in the NBA. Toronto, 24th. Wow. And then... Of course, I had to see who is missing from the top five largest payrolls. And uh, moment of moment of silence, pour one out for the number two largest payroll, L.A. Clippers, mm -hmm. and number five, the Houston Rockets. Ooh. The hits just keep on coming every week for you, don't they? <laughs> you really kicking the balls. You really didn't know what you were <laughs> signing up for when you wanted to do this podcast. The Thunder vs. Warriors series has been exciting. Kevin Durant is now back in Oklahoma City as they prepare for uh, tonight's game versus the Warriors. He made the news back in Oklahoma as being a hero off the basketball court. Have you heard about this? No. Matt? The headline was that he cleared the road for a fire truck to help the fire truck get to its destination, which I assume would be a fire. Something ablaze. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there was a cat in the tree. But what Kevin Durant actually did was follow the fire truck to get through traffic in his Ferrari. Wait, what? <laughs> so it went from him clearing the way to him just kind of gravy training off the... Well, he never did clear the way. Somehow the article got spun into Kevin Durant's a hero. Yeah. All the firemen shake his hand and congratulate him for helping you know, save, right. uh, save Aunt June. But really, he was just trying to get through that brutal Oklahoma City 5 o'clock rush hour traffic. Yeah. Stephen Adams had a candidate for the diss of the week, although I won't go far as to say it. But he said, Stephen Adams on Draymond Green being more pesky and annoying this series. The quote, I think he's peaked with his annoyingness. <laughs> <laughs> the diss of the week, I think, though, also comes from a Thunder player. This one's Kevin Durant. Yo mama is so fat. This became a uh, an Instagram meme hit. After Dion Waiters took one of his many ill-advised shots in game 3, game mm -hmm. 2, KD is seen chasing Dion across the court saying, "Hey, hey, fuck you. 
fuck you, pass me the ball. Really? (laughs) Whoa. He was asked about it and said it was an endearing, fuck you, pass me the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. As you do. Mm Mm-hmm. The Cavs and Raptors series has been more entertaining than I expected. Not really because of the the play, the play on the court. Yeah. Although but the North did get one last night. They did. They did. Biombo had uh, 20 more rebounds than any other player. Looking at the box score. Just yeah, he now. had 26. Six rebounds was the most anybody else had. For the Raptors. For the Raptors. Mm-hmm. But during game two, I think one of the most brick house things of all time <laughs> happened, Matt. <laughs> Kyle Lowry left the court with about four minutes to go right. in the first half. Yeah. You saw that, right? Yeah. People were wondering, is he injured? What's going on? I think he had to, uh, someone follow him back to the locker room. The Cavs proceeded to go on a 14-2 to run. The, the game was kind of close before Lowry left and uh, you know pulled away before, the, uh, before halftime. When Kyle was asked why he went back to the locker room, did you hear his response? Something about decompressing, right? He said he needed to decompress. He needed to take a breath. Mm-hmm. You know, this is four minutes before halftime when you're going to go back to the locker room and just hit that oxygen bar back right, there. Right. I felt like it was a kind of a strange reason, you know, and they asked him, is this something that you've done before? He's like, oh, all the time. I've, yeah, many times. It's just now that it's the conference finals, it's getting more attention. Right. Dwayne Casey was asked about it. The Raptors coach was asked about it the next day. His answer, quote, Kyle did not walk out on his team. He and Corey Joseph used the bathroom more than any two human beings I know. <laughs> now, a couple of questions here. Yeah. One, if you're Kyle Lowry and you're in the Eastern Conference Finals and you have to take a deuce, you know, right yeah. before halftime, do you think it's more embarrassing to say, like, I had to use the bathroom or I was just getting some air? Yeah, I want to. I'm going to use. I just have to go decompress. If I have to have to use a restroom, I'm just going to. That's that's going to be my new thing. I'm going to call it oh, decompressing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Either way, it's he just should pick one and go with it. And decompressing for for me will now always be using the bathroom, just like uh, taking my talents to South Beach is my <laughs> euphemism for masturbating. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> if he really was decompressing, he has to. He had to decompress a lot because. He didn't have the best shooting performances. I mean, he, oh, I he, thought you were going to say because he had like a lot of chicken the night before. No, I was actually <laughs> going to try and spin it into basketball. You know who really got the uh, short end of the stick in all of this? Corey Joseph. Oh yeah, he just got thrown in there. <laughs> Why'd you have to say I used the bathroom, <laughs> yeah. Coach? Yeah, I didn't. No one, no one was, no one was even caring about Corey Joseph whatsoever. He just tried to make it a little easier for Kyle. It's like yeah. they both decompress all the time. After that, after that eight million dollar a year contract, <laughs> Corey Joseph got, he can be thrown under as many buses as they need. LeBron quoted uh, Jay Z last night. He likes to quote Jay Z in a ways to uh, say that he's not dissing people, mm-hmm. but is totally dissing them. Right? Was it Deshaun Stevenson? He said, "Oh well." Yeah, me talking shit about Deshaun Stevenson would be like Jay-Z talking shit about Soldier Boy, you know. Yeah, right. Oh, that's right. Which is, you know, talking shit. Yeah. Uh, last night, Le- LeBron said, another Jay-Z quote, uh-huh. If I shoot you, I'm brainless, but if you shoot me, you're famous. Talking about uh, 
Bismack Biombo, or maybe yeah. that was Tristan Thompson who uh, who smacked him in right, the face. Right, right. The flying elbow from his own teammate. Love LeBron. Him and him and Jay Z got to manufacture those quotes together. <laughs> yeah, they need. They're missing a golden opportunity, <laughs> a business opportunity. Man, I told Matt Baker, and I'm telling Brickhouse listeners now to Google Cleveland Cavaliers Lil Kev. Yeah. That's L-I-L Kev. Yeah, that was great. I think it was Richard Jefferson who discovered a Tommy Bahama model in a magazine that bears a striking resemblance to Kevin Love. The funny thing is they pulled this ad out of the magazine. R. Jeff had it laminated, and he travels with it. He he gets a seat next to Richard Jefferson on the airplane, wherever right. they go. Right. He's really become a new member of the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has his own Instagram account. J.R. Smith showed up to Game 2 sporting a Lil' Kev t-shirt. Uh, they've all made uh, masks, yeah. cut the eye holes out. It's very, very strange, but there's it's a, a way of uh, bonding, apparently. There's a picture of... Uh... LeBron and some of the Cavs on the bench cracking up with a little Kev sign behind them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Richard Jefferson even had a, a video. The The Cavaliers were held up in customs for over an hour um, when they got to Toronto. Because they were trying to bring in a, another person who didn't have a passport in with them. Is that what happened? No, little Kev. <laughs> they didn't have a passport for him. Yeah, so Jeff made a little video. The guys are so when you're held up in customs and you flew in on a private jet, you're not waiting in line at customs with everybody else. The guys are just sitting on the tarmac, right, on the jet. In fact, uh, there's video of Thompson, Tristan Thompson, LeBron, J.R. Smith, and Jefferson all sitting on the steps of the plane. And there's, you know, TSA officials who are sitting at the bottom of the steps. So they're essentially just trapped, trapped on the plane together. Can't step onto Canada. They're not allowed into Canada. And Tristan Thompson turns to the camera and says, and I'm Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> I think he is from uh, Toronto. Do you think that uh, possibly the customs holdup had anything to do with the Cavaliers being up two games to nothing on the Toronto Raptors? It's just a uh, gamesmanship, Bob. You want to you want to give the, we've seen how Toronto has really come out to support their team. Yeah. They have legions of fans standing outside of the arena. So, oh, yeah. the Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you uh you better believe some of the some of the people who work at the airport are going to do all they can too. I would I would hope that it was intentional. Like yeah, I I dig that. I dig messing with the uh the opposing team because if it were not intentional then Canada really needs to examine its customs. You know, I've heard people complain before about how annoying it is to get in and out of Canada. Right. The NHL playoffs has no Canadian teams left. Yeah, in it. I was going to say they don't need to worry. None of those teams need to worry about Canada. Therefore, the Cleveland Cavaliers coming to Toronto are definitely the most well-known people expected in toronto yeah. that day yeah what what could the holdup have been they were they checking lebron james's id because they didn't think it was yeah they thought it was like his uh 
do they think the State Farm commercials are like real life, <laughs> where every NBA player has their own doppelganger? It's just like the monsters sitting on one another's yeah. shoulders yeah. with a big trench coat. Yeah, were they bringing in like uh, illegal animals or something? They definitely weren't plotting some elaborate plan to steal maple syrup or yeah. moose or something. Oh, maybe they were. Maybe we just blew the maybe we just blew the top off this whole operation. <laughs> That's how LeBron became the first he wants to become the first billionaire, sports billionaire. I don't really have any explanation or follow up to this, but I had to include it. There's a new show hosted by Rachel Nichols on ESPN called The Jump. Right. And Steven Jackson has been getting a lot of time on there. Isn't who else on, is Tracy McGrady on that show? I've seen him on there. I don't yeah. know if he's a regular. Steven Jackson revealed Ty Lue's nickname on the show. Oh, man. The Black Hugh Hefner. Quite the nickname. It is quite yeah. the nickname. No yeah. follow-up there, but really? now oh, we that know. was it. Now we know. I thought, I thought we were going to get a the, – there's no explanation. We don't need future explanations for things, and we don't need current <laughs> explanation. We just don't need – just let it all hang out there. I know we've been talking about LeBron a lot, but here's an official segment where I want to share some stuff about LeBron that I read this week. What the fuck has anything got to do with LeBron James? A really good article I'd recommend by Pablo Torre on ESPN came out. I was talking about the relationship of Dwayne Wade and LeBron James. Well, he's talking about how uh, there's a lot of interviews with uh, Gabrielle Union, Dwayne Wade's wife, uh-huh. and she talks about how if there were if they were playing a newlywed game, her versus LeBron, LeBron would hands down win. She he knows way more about Dwayne Wade than she will ever know. <laughs> Quote, like the fact that whenever he's running late to meet James at a group dinner, there's only one person the finicky heat guard can entrust the culinary power of attorney. So if he's running late, he has LeBron order his food for him. Oh, wow. Okay. Not, not his wife. Right. This one time, he says, my wife wouldn't know what to order. But Bron's like, I got it. Two years ago at such a dinner in New Orleans, Union can only watch deeply confused as James unilaterally picks sea bass for a man who expressed a lifelong distaste for fish. It's what I wanted, her husband would later explain, shrugging. Quote, Bron got me on sea bass. <laughs> Along with decompressing, Bron got me on sea bass was just the brick house gold of the week. <laughs> Wanted to highlight that to everyone. Who knows what you want better than your soulmate? And Gabrielle Union found that out. Braun got me on sea bass. Yeah. Matt got me on crab legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've no- always expressed a disdain for crab legs, Bob, but I've got you. Uh, another tidbit from the article, there's a, there's a reason Union and Savannah Brinson, that's LeBron James, they nicknamed their husbands Seely and Nettie after the sisters in the movie and uh, play The Color Purple, mm-hmm. whose bond endures despite a brutal separation. Now I was thinking about watching the movie The Color Purple. I actually haven't seen it. I haven't either. I wanted to see if I watched it. Maybe there would some joke that would emerge that I could use in Brickhouse, make fun of these nicknames. Right. 
Well, I know one of them is Oprah, right? That's what I decided. It would probably be a pretty tough movie to make fun of. Uh, Oprah doesn't really make comedies. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think it is. Did you not know it wasn't a... It's not a yuck fest. I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna guess that. And plus, you know, if Little B can curse James Harden for stealing his stirring the pot oh, thing, yeah. you know, I'd be really afraid of seeing what Oprah is capable of if you oh. made fun of the color purple. Yeah, the little B the little B curse has nothing on the <laughs> the Oprah Winfrey everyone's gonna die curse. We haven't brought up the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, yes. Uh, the Sony hack. Fallen fall for the oldest trick in the book. <laughs> yeah, why don't you explain? <laughs> uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, last week, they found out that one of their employees gave away team financial information to a, quote, fraudster. That's what I like about the article. Uh-huh. A fraudster. <laughs> who uh, emailed, emailed this employee impersonating the team president this employee got an email from what they thought was the president that said hey we need all the financial records for the past few years could you please email me uh, all the tax returns and all the financial data turns out it was uh, not the president it was just some jokester yeah you start a gmail account called el jefe 420 and people send you anything well, to be fair, the team president is, you know, the boss, and he does like 420. But uh, in the age of now we poke fun at the the email from, what, like, the Haitian prince who needs fifty, who needs $500 so he can unfreeze $4 million. Yeah. It's, go, it's going around that what we now realize is you need to impersonate a legitimate person that someone has heard of right. to freak them out. There should be a rule book. We'll monitor that, see if some more information. You know, like the Sony hacks, they talked about how Spider-Man was designed to sell gasoline. You know, I was, I was looking for something like that. that uh, Wait. Oh, you never saw those, no. those uh, I saw the Sony PowerPoint hacks. presentations? I... Yeah, you know, it's like these, these thought bubbles where it's just Spider-Man. We want uh, uh, fizzy drinks and candy and petrol that's what this movie is about it's selling all that bullshit oh oh they wanted branding exactly spider-man brand gas <laughs> exactly yeah exactly okay. i was trying to think of a decompressed joke there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on the next episode of brick house uh there's some other things that i need to be monitored the lakers are rumored to be thinking about signing brian shaw as the lead assistant for luke walton and that has sparked me to think that Phil Jackson will probably be rumored to be threatening to take all his triangle-shaped toys and go home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the future is not something that we're going to explain, so yeah, we'll, we'll just needs, have to wait. future gives no explanations, Bob. <laughs> can uh, follow us at Twitter at BrickHousePod and uh, check out our upcoming website. It'll be up this summer. You know, I think one of the first things I'm going to put on the website is the rules to the NBA draft game so more people can play along this year. Pretty fun game that Matt and I invented. That'll be fun because I was looking at a mock draft, and one of the guys in the mock draft towards the end of the first round is a Spaniard by the name of Juan Hernan Gomez, um, which both of you and I had in our mock drafts last year. Oh, it was his brother, Willie Go- Willie was it? Hernan Gomez. Oh, was it that one? Yeah. I was going to say, I 
I was really confused that we uh, started mock drafting someone a year before they came out. No, so there's this, the Hernan Gomez brothers. This is the perfect Phoenix Suns future player. Oh, wow. They're going to get a Kentucky guard and the Gomez brother. <laughs> Hernan, Hernan Gomez. The, okay, well, that just makes things even better. That's going to be a good one. Good one to watch. Well, we'll talk about all that and more on the next episode of Brick House. Brick House.